You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Be'ezra Sashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on the Sugya of Hope. And the tzaddik that we're going to be discussing tonight is going to be the Baal HaLashem, Rav Shlomo Yashiv, author of the massive Kabbalistic system that is compiled in the series of Svarim titled Leshem Shabbai Vachalema. Now, in the past, we've spent a lot of time, many hours, talking about the Leshem and his view, or his process of interpreting the writings of the Arizal. And tonight is not going to give nearly enough time to try and properly examine the placement of what we're going to be discussing within that system that we've discussed in the writings of the Leshem. But if a person wants to see how this element of what we're going to be talking about in Leshem's writings fits directly into his entire worldview, so then I do recommend listening to those shirim as an introduction to the Leshem. Now, what we've been discussing until now, what we've been discussing until now in particular based on the shir of the Ramchal and the Rebbe Rashab, and specifically Rav Tzadok HaKohen Melablin, is that hope, the element of hope is rooted in an awareness of hopelessness. And that hopelessness takes form in all different types of experiences, whether it be a sense of glaring absence in one's life, whether it be a sense of bewilderment or a sense that the heart can't handle what it's exposed to and translated into a modern or postmodern psychological register hopelessness equals anxiety or sadness or fear and all of the different things that make our lives so uncomfortable at various times. And we spoke about how an awareness of that hopelessness, an awareness of that darkness that surrounds the luminosity of things is a fundamental necessity in order to understand the benefits of hope that emerge specifically out of hopelessness. But especially in the writings of Rav Tzadok, which we saw last week, that hopelessness that we described, that absence that leads to the murmuring heart to question where God is in the world, to question where meaning is in the world, it's important to note that for the Leshem, this absence, this area that gives birth to confusion, or that gives birth to not knowing, is not so much a psychological effect, but rather it's part and parcel of the very fabric of the way that Hashem created the worlds and how Hashem wants us to react to Him and interact with Him. That when learning Rav Tzadok and when learning the writings of Hasidus with their Klal, there's more of an emphasis on the experience of hopelessness itself, the experience of 
forlornment or being far, or moichen dekatnus. For the Leshem, the difficulty that emerges, that gives birth to hope, is not so much the existential condition of this world that gives birth to all sorts of anxieties, although the Leshem talks about that as well, but rather for the Leshem, the entire fabric and texture of the world that the Arizal came to describe for us, based on the teachings of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, based on the teachings of Moshe Rabbeinu, holds within itself a very real necessity of disconnection or non-consummation. That for the Leshem, and one of the unique elements that the Leshem came to show, is that the world of Avoida, the world of Amuna, the world of Kabbalah, is rooted in that space of negative theology with the awareness that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, after all is said and done, and all spiritual and religious efforts are exhausted, and after a person has completely engaged in every ounce of their strength to serve Hashem, to connect to Hashem, to cleave to Hashem, to grasp Hashem in their lives, ultimately the deepest truth is that no matter how far we go, we can't reach the limit. We can't grasp what is referred to as etzem or atzmus, or the essence of God. This is something that we stress very strongly in the shirim of Ravichemeyer Morgenstern, that ultimately the best that we can do as human beings is go as far as we can go. But that limit where the human mind is capable of reaching or the human heart is capable of experiencing is by no means the essence, whatever that might mean, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And for the Leshem, this is axiomatic. This is almost like it's pshita lamalikra. It's simple, I don't really need to prove it. Because to claim that a person can truly grasp the essence of the infinite, that a person can fully arrive at the final destination of what it means to serve Hashem, would ultimately, on a certain level, collapse the entire system that was built by the Arizal and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because the entire edifice of the relationship between individuals in this world and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one that takes into consideration that we, at the end of the day, are always created. And that the creature can never reach the level of the creator that no matter how close we come, no matter how far along the rungs of spirituality we climb, ultimately there will always be a gap, a divide, that exists between the individual and their soul and God in whatever sense we understand that concept. Now, the Leshem takes great length to show throughout his writings that this natural imperfection of the human being this impossibility of perfection, the inability to reach the apex of the system and to ever lay claim to having conquered the space between God and man or God and the world is not symptomatic of some failure. It's not symptomatic of the sin of Adam HaRishon or the transgression of Adam HaRishon, but it's built into the very fabric of what it means to be a human being in relationship with the infinite, that a constitutive and 
definitive element of what it means to be a human being is that I am incapable of reaching that limit point. It's built into my constitution. I can't. If I could, then it would collapse the entire system of the relationship between the creature or my ego and God. Because if I were able to seize or consummate the relationship with the essence of the infinite, then I would be subsumed into the infinite. Then I would be negated fully. And I would be on a certain level in the same, sta in the same standing, chas v'shalom, as God. Therefore, the Leshem takes very great lengths in the spirit of the Rambam, very much like the Rebbe Rashab, who clarifies the teachings of Hasidus to ensure that no matter how high we go, we always mind the fact that, that at the end of the day, there is a gap between human beings and God. The Leshem, the Leshem utilizes the Rambam in Moira Nevuchim more than any other Mekobol. That before the Seder HaAtzilus, before the world of Simpson, the Leshem states that the Rambam is entirely correct, that at best our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by way of the negative. It's a recognition of what we can't grasp, a recognition that we can't fully bridge that gap that separates creature and creator. And as a result of this fundamental gap that will perpetually exist between the world and God, or the individual soul and God, is where the Leshem is going to begin discussing the idea of hope, where the Leshem is going to see hope, or what he describes as Ratzon and Teshuka, will and desire, as being on a certain level the loftiest spiritual experience that a person can have. But before we begin to see the language of the Leshem, where he discusses Shuka and Ratzon, I also want to point out parenthetically, and I've spent some time thinking about the Leshem, that the Leshem has a deep relationship with the Shevet of Dan. We spoke earlier, I think, when it came to the Shir on the Ramchal, about how it's specifically the Shevet of Dan that has the deepest relationship with the concept of hope, the bracha that Yaakov Avinu gives to Dan is liyeshuascha kivisi Hashem, that towards your salvation, I hope, the Indian of kivoy. And the way that the Starim described that is that Dan is the lowest of the shvatim. Dan is spit out of the cloud. Dan is spit out of the anane hakavod. Dan is the one who travels behind the camp collecting lost pieces. And it's specifically Dan that gives birth to the concept of Shimshon, to the capacity of finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu even in the darkness. Dan, even the word Dan, is when a person is in doubt, that I'm donning on everything, I'm wondering whether this is where I'm supposed to find myself or this is where I'm supposed to find myself. The Shevet of Dan is very often associated with the Akev, with the heel, with the lower levels of experience at the end of history. But it's specifically that Shevet that also has the capacity of giving birth to hope. And while we know very, very little about the Leshem, there's not a lot of personal information that we know about the Leshem. We know about his deep relationship with Rav Kook. We know about his deep roots in the Kabbalah of the Vilnagon. We know about his deep desire to move to Eretz Yisrael towards the end of his life, which Rav Kook enabled for him. We have a few stories here and there 
some that are hidden and concealed for good reason, some that are explicit. But with the Leshem, what we have is a textual system. It's thousands and thousands of pages of written words. And like we said in our Shiram on the Leshem, that Rav Moshe Shapiro's Chusiyogin Elenu, who found a lot of the light of his Torah in the writings of the Leshem, told the student prior to his death that by most machabrim, by most authors, there's a deep distinction, a deep gap between the neshama of the author and the book that that author pens. But when it comes to the writings of the Leshem, there's not such a deep distance. That the writings of the Leshem themselves contain the soul of the Leshem, something we discussed in the Shirem on Rabbi Nachman, how the soul of the tzaddik is buried in the book. The Leshem didn't have many students. He didn't have a yeshiva. He wasn't teaching Kabbalah in any systematic or curriculum-based way. But in spite of that, the Leshem's encounters with different tzaddikim throughout history, the Chafetz Chaim, with Rav Yeruchim Levavitz, with the, the Rosh Yeshiva of Tells, with Rav Elia Lopian, with Rav Kook, with different tzaddikim throughout the generations, it's quite possibly the Leshem had the deepest impact on what we would consider non-Kabbalistic Torah than any other tzaddik. And very often a person can think that, yeah, the Leshem wrote so much because he didn't have students. But I think that the opposite is true. The Leshem didn't have students because his avoida, on a certain level, was to leave a lasting edifice of hope for the students that come in the future. Leshem Shaboy Vachaloyma, which is the third line of stones on the Choyshen Mishpat, on the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol, those stones, Leshem Shaboy Vachaloyma, are the stones of the Shevet of Dan. Those are the stones associated with Shevet Dan. And the little biographical information or autobiographical information that Rabbi Yashav lets us in on is that he was able to be Miaches himself he was able to trace his family roots back to Rav Shimshon Astropoli. Now, Rav Shimshon Astropoli had a deep relationship with the Shevet of Dan. First off, his name was Shimshon, and the names of his books were Dan Yadin and Machan Dan, showing that there's a certain connection between the Leshem and Dan. Leshem, Leshem Shavim Achaloyma Roshe Tevos is 336, which is the Gematria of Purim, which is very much connected to the Shevet of Dan because it's the lowest day, but in truth, it's the highest day. And it's almost a level of pshita li lamahikra. When a person learns the writings of the Leshem, it's very difficult to find another tzaddik who has spent so much time highlighting the potential benefit or the value that ascends out of difficulty and gavura and constriction and concealment more than the Leshem. For the Leshem, it's all about mitra gvuros, the sweetening of the judgments and transforming judgments to be revealed to be of an even loftier light than the light of the chasadim, to show how galus itself can elevate geula, to show how darkness or the butzina de cardenusa, the darkened candle, that first instantiation of gvuros in the order of hishtalshalus, how that represents the loftiest of things. The Leshem like other tzaddikim, like the Mitle Rebbe, like Rabbi Nassim, like the Ramchal, takes darkness and shows how darkness holds within itself the deepest potency that's even higher than light. 
And so on a certain level, what the Leshem is pointing out all along is the Avoidah of Shevet Dan. How to show that those stones, those Leshem Shevet can be enlightened and to reveal Ruach HaKodesh. And so what we're going to see is something unique. The Leshem system is a system of how the worlds are built. Or in another language, the ontology of creation. The Leshem speaks in the ontology of what the world is, with a complete mastery of the Arizal. But having spent a lot of time in the books of the Leshem, a lot of time, not enough time, what the Leshem also has hidden underneath, hidden underneath and scattered throughout his writings, in spite of the lack of biographical or autobiographical information we have, the Lashem gives hints to Avoida. The Lashem intimates what it means for a human being to encounter these teachings. What it means to understand these teachings on a panimi level, on a personal level, and what it can mean for a person in their lives and their avoda and their psychological makeup, and what we're trying to talk about, which is where the role of hope is and what hope does. So what I want to read from right now is actually going to be the Sefer HaKlalim, Klalei Hispashtus Vihistalkus, one of the remarkable Svarim of the Leshem. The Leshem wrote four Svarim. He wrote Hakdamos Sha'arim, known as HaKadosh, which is an incredible introduction to Kabbalah. He also wrote Sefer Hadea, which is Drushe Olam HaTohu, which we're going to discuss in a moment, two volumes. He also wrote Sefer HaKlalim, which is a two-volume Sefer about the exact process that all experiences take, which is a movement outwards and a movement upwards, a movement forward and a movement backwards, or ruts of a show, and Sefer Habiurim on Eitzchayim from the Ariza. Now, the Leshem writes as follows, in the Maimer Avni Miluyim Le Sefer HaKlalim, so this is at the very end of Sefer HaKlalim, the Leshem writes as follows, he says, The individual is incapable of grasping that which is above them. Because the body stands as a separation and the psychology of the human being that is associated with the body stands as a separation between them and that which stands above them. Even what a person is completely proficient in, both in their mind and in their mouths, and it is clear in their thoughts and their understanding, all of this is only by way of knowledge, but not by experiential or existential grasp. Now again, for anybody who would ever want to claim that the Leshem is a stira to the writings of so I just recommend them learning this teaching and that's that. The knowledge of a person, our intellectual understanding is only with regards to the existence of these spiritual ideas, but not the essence of their idea. 
what is known based on the Rambam and in the writings of Chasidus, Yidiyas HaMetzius below Hasaga Samuhus, the knowledge of the existence of something that does not necessarily translate into the experience of the essence of that thing. And even the Yidiyas HaMetzius who Eino Behergesh, and even that Yidiyas HaMetzius that we all know when we study these writings, it's not felt. It's not translated into a psychological register where we experience it on a daily basis. But rather our capacity to know the worlds above us, the light above us, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the world of Atzilus, which is the place that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself most clearly, that's only by way of knowledge and intellectual conceptualization. And the Leshem continues. When it comes to the lights of Atzilus, when it comes to the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had really desired to reveal himself in the world, we have no access to that. It's completely removed from that. Somebody who has spent time and merited to understand some of these ideas, it's only intellectual, it's only in the mind. We can think about it and we can speak about it. But now, in our time, in our history, it has never been grasped by anybody. Anybody. And nobody, nobody has ever merited to taste of the sweetness of that taste of what it means to truly grasp and cleave the essence of any spiritual light from the world of Atzilus. Why? And here he's going to echo the Rambam in Mori Nebuchim, as well as what the Balatanya writes in Sefer Atanya. Ki ha-seichel v'hamaskil v'hamuskal echad k'moshekosuf ha-Rambam b'moirechilak alef parak samaches. That the seichel, my mind, the masculine, my ability to conceptualize certain ideas, and the muskal, the idea that I am conceptualizing, is a unity that is unlike any unity like the Balatanya points out. And therefore, if I was able to grasp in my mind the essence of God, that would mean that there would be a seizure of the essence of God. And if there were a seizure of the essence of God, that would almost imply a certain inherent relationship between creature and creator, which collapses the infinity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which minimizes that gap that always exists. And so the Leshem says it's impossible to fully grasp it. And if we were to grasp something that is above us, that transcendent sense of divine presence in the world and the apparent awareness of divine presence in the world, we would be unified with it, almost implying a certain inherent relationship. 
אמנן לוי זכינו לזה מאוילם לטוים טעם נויים זיו הסגוסם. But we have never merited to grasp these ideas, to grasp them experientially or on an existential level. וכבר כסף הגרוע בלקוטוב בספר ספרדית ניוסה. That even Moshe Rabbeinu lo hasig ela bebriah. That even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't grasp these things on their true level. Now this is an idea that the Leshem brings later on in Sefer Hadeya. That don't think that our inability to grasp these things is the result of some failure, is the result of some impurity within us, but rather it is built into the very fabric of creation. Like the Leshem writes explicitly in Sefer Hadeya. In Sefer Adeya, Chelek Aleph, and this is going to be Drush Hei, Simen Zayin, Oisches, the Leshem writes as follows. V'kvar gilasi daiti b'klali hispashtus v'stalkus. I've already expressed my thoughts, and in a number of places, and I don't really want to continue explaining them, says the Leshem. Ki i efshar l'shum nivra l'hasig b'atzilus ma'uma. No individual has the ability to grasp the world of Atzilus, that world where Hashem is present in distinction, that world where unity and pratim are unified. We have no access to understand the essence of these things that the Arizal and that the Zohar spoke about. Like the Pasuk says, like Hashem says to Moshe, that nobody can see my essence and live. And here the Leshem says something remarkable. The reason for this is not because the individual is not rotly to this or they're undeserving of this. Because if it was a problem of behavior or the capacity of receptivity, then Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have had any problem. But if Moshe Rabbeinu even has a problem, that means that it is an ontological issue, that our inability to grasp the essence or reach perfection is not some psychological symptom, but it's built into the very fabric of what it means to be alive. What the Leshem says is that the intention is that it is impossible. And even though nothing is impossible for God, but it's against the very fabric of creation. The very laws of creation dictate that no human being can grasp the world of Atsilus. No human being can grasp the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meaning that the laws of creation dictate that the created element, the human being, cannot grasp in full total grasp the Creator. And this is why we see that Moshe never asks about this again. Because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't asking Hashem to change the laws of reality, to allow him to grasp that which is ungraspable. But what he asked in the beginning, show me your full glory. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize that that was an impossibility. But in truth, it's an utter impossibility for a human being to grasp the essence. Impossible.
And now we're moving back to the Leshem and Klalim in the Sefer Av, in the Maimar Avne Miluyim. And the Leshem continues. The Alkolpanim, after stressing how impossible it is to ever truly grasp any form of essence, reinvesting us in the awareness of our natural imperfection, something that forces us to desire and yearn for something that is not present. Leshem continues and he says, The Alkalpanim who kikol haskalos the adios at Slenu Masha Anu Yoidem Mikol Masha Lamalam and Medragas Adam, who are called Rakba Haskala Vyadia, Avaloba Hasaga. Again, all we have is access through our mind and not through actual existential grasp. Kimuhusam Hare ain Anu Yoidem Uma. With regards to their essence, we know absolutely nothing. The Him Givayam Mesechlenu. And they are transcendent from our capacity to understand. To the extent that we cannot even begin to express any sort of theory with regards to these ideas. Nevertheless, even though we know about how these things work, Nevertheless, we have no idea what they actually mean. We have no idea how lace asar panuimehem, and there's no place devoid of spirituality. And then he continues and he says, Kemavuar kolzalamevin, as this is explicitly revealed to those who understand, may oimek divre harav, from the depths of the words of the Arizal. And that even though even though, says Leshem, even though we have no access to these ideas, it's not possible for us to grasp them in their essence. Nevertheless, Mikol Makum, something that the Leshem does a lot, like Rabbi Nachman's Daika or Afal Pikain, Harehim Karuv Eleinu Mikol Karuv Ad Miyusadim Banu. Nevertheless, these ideas in the existence of God's unity and the idea of an essence is deeply rooted within us closer than anything that we can possibly conceive as close. Im kolzeh, nevertheless, we don't understand what they are. Once the Leshem has described at length the impossibility of grasping the essence, what that does for us is it leaves us as human beings on our own psychological level as remaining at a distance from that light, remaining barred access from that place that we so desire to reach, that clarity that we so desire to find in our lives. We're barred access our minds will not give us a grasp of it. No matter how much we contemplate, no matter how much we think, no matter how much time we spend trying to experience these ideas, it's impossible for us to actually grab hold of them, which creates within the individual an undying desire, a sense of hope that one day, somehow, I will be able to find insight into this essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to finally be able to say, 
that Hashem is present right now. Of velo yechanef od marecha, that your teachers will no longer stand as a partition in front of you. The have enacha royas es marecha, but rather your eyes themselves will be able to behold Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But on a real existential level, what this creates for us is the recognition that we live in a world, we live in a real world that is devoid of true understanding. And the Leshem is not blind to this, Chas V'Shalom. The Leshem writes in Sefer Adeya, Chelek Aleph, Mamar HaKlali Os Dalid, Ki kol hanhaga asher menhagek HaKadosh Baruch Hu kol echad ve'echad ba'olam hazeh. The way that Hashem engages with us, each and every one of us in this world, each person experiences something very different from their friend. And it changes from one moment to the next. Whether it's for good or whether it's for bad, whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual. To the point that a person is bothered and exhausted trying to figure out what is going on in my life. As Rabbi Nachman's beggar asks, Heichan ani ba'olam. V'chein gam b'derech klal harei hoive koil hanhaga kulal de'olam hazeh. The entire arrangement and order of this worldly experience, from the outset of history to the end of history, kechida stuma below pitron is like a riddle that is concealed without any answer, to the point that even the wisest of all people, Shlomo Melech says in Koheles, Mibli asher asher to the point that no human being has the ability to understand what God has done. And even the Nevi'im had no idea. But nevertheless, the Torah has taught us that tzaddik be'amunasa yichya. That when we attach ourselves to amuna, that's when we gain insight. And then in the future, everything will be revealed. That everything in this world, kol hanhaga kula de'olam hazeh, everything that each and every one of us experience, him meklal masha amar hu yisparach shemo l'moshe rabbeinu is contained within that which Hashem responded to Moshe. Shtok kach Allah Silent yourself. Stop asking questions about how things are going, because you're never really going to be able to know. And what that creates within the individual is an undying desire to reach something that we have no access to. And here is where we begin to see the sugya of hope in the writings of the Leshem. Now, Leshem doesn't use the word tikva as far as I know anywhere. And it's possible that this might be the only place that the Leshem actually uses the Lashonas that we're going to be discussing. But after the recognition that we have no access to anything, that at best we can try and reach some sort of understanding without ever experiencing the thing in itself, leading to this deep feeling of alienation, of not being connected to the things that we're doing, the Leshem lets us in on a secret. This is going to be in Drushe Olamatohu, Sefer Hadeya, Chilak Beis, Drush Dalin, Anaf Aleph. The Leshem writes as follows 
Amnan hu. However, all of our engagement, all of our human experience, the things that we experience in this world, the birurim, the clarifications of those broken vessels that we spoke about last week in the Shir on Rav Tzadok, when it comes to those elements of our lives, of our experience, that somehow, some way, through spooky action at a distance, make their way back up to that supernal realm of Atzilus, to that place that the Leshem just spent so much time elsewhere telling us is completely off limits to the human being? How is it, the Leshem asks, that our experience down here, through mitzvos and through avoda, how could it be that it has access to the world of Atzilus? How could it be that certain sparks that we engage with down here, certain encounters, certain experiences, how could it be that they reach that ineffable place? We just said that we have no access to it. We just said that at best we live at a distance. And here the Lashem writes as follows. The relationship that we have with that essential place with the thing that we so deeply desire, the world of Atzilus and Hashem's presence in that world, is not through any physical action or embodied experience. The only way that we bridge that gap, while still maintaining the gap, obviously, bridging it by minding it, is through Teshuka and Ratzon, through will and through desire. Any will and desire that we have towards God in any experience or mitzvah that we engage in, as well as the avoda of davening and praying and learning and studying, when they're done with a full heart and a full nefesh and with a deep ratzon and teshuka towards God, it is the desire and the yearning that finds its way to Atzilus. Not the action, not the awareness, not the intellectualization, not the conceptualization or the rational understanding of things, but rather it is the desire, it is the hope that ascends to Atzilus. That awareness that even though there is an ineffable gap that divides me from the infinite, Nevertheless, through my desire, through my rutzon, through that undying hope that in spite of all of those laws, I can still ascend and have some aspect of a connection to the essence, that is what connects itself to the world of Atzilus. And it is pure will without any thought whatsoever, that desire to ascend upwards. Hope for the Leshem is that desire that we can reach even farther than we are allowed to reach. And even though we can't truly reach that place, our desire to reach that place and to be chutzbedek about it is what some way, somehow, gives us access by way of distance to that place. It's pure teshuka, it's pure yearning and hope for something that is not present right now. It's the secret of I am for my beloved and my beloved is for me. 
or the secret of Ani Ludoidi Ve'alai Tishukosto, like Rashbi tells us by the Idrizuta before his death, that I've spent my entire life trying to reach that place, being barred access from that place. At this point, when I stand at the ready to expire, says Rashbi, all I can say is that I yearn my beloved, and my beloved yearns for me. Somehow it is the desire itself and the secret of the desire that elevates from within the human being themselves, from within our own natural limitations, that gives birth to that experience of atzilus, that gives birth to that experience of truly reaching that place that we don't actually have access to. So what the Leshem is showing us paradoxically is that even though we don't have access to the essence, we don't have access to atzilus at all, when we hope for it and when we yearn for it, when we're willing to let go of our rationality with regards to it, somehow, some way, we reach beyond what we're capable of reaching. So that hope for the Leshem is not simply a response to the existential nature of hopelessness, but rather it's a hope to have something more than what I am given. It's a hope to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that I can never truly imagine. And what I want to end with is one of the most profound statements of the Leshem. Because for the Leshem, the desire and the yearning and the human experience involved in all of these ideas is in and of itself a taste of their reward. The yearning for that which we can't have access to is what gives us access to that thing which we don't have access to. I have it by way of desire. That by investing all of my kochos, all of my psychological strengths towards that direct destination of trying to cleave to that which I have no access to, I somehow paradoxically, by way of faith, actually find access to it. This is in a sefer called Gilyonos Haleshem. This is a book that is a compilation of the notes that were found in the Svarim that the Leshem owned. And Ravichemeyer Morgenstern makes a big deal out of this one piece. And this is going to be printed in Klalim Vitsiunim. So it's not a note on any particular sefer, but rather it's a note that he wrote in the Krach, in the opening page of what the rules and regulations of understanding Kabbalah were. And in the 41st piece, the Leshem writes as follows. Why is it that Hashem wants us to put effort in? Why is it that Hashem wants us to find our own benefit, to work for our reward, to yearn for things, to desire things? Because when a person yearns, when a person pushes themselves with efforts beyond their capacity, the person themselves become the seat of that experience. That when a person yearns for that which they have no access to, when a person hopes towards that which is hopeless on a certain level, when a person desires a level of connectivity and unity that this world cannot offer, we somehow, some way gain a taste of that unity, only by way of our hope. And what's the example that the Leshem gives? 
the world of Atsilus, which is what the Leshem pointed out in Sefer HaKlalim, in the Mamer of Nemiluyim, and what the Leshem points out in Sefer Hadeya with regards to Chuka, that our access to that place of Atsilus, that impossible place, which is the union of the infinite and the finite, where the unlimited merges with the limit without negating either one of them, our access to that place is by way of the same gesture, by way of an impossible hope, a hope for that which is impossible, which gives us access to that which is impossible. Because the hope is the vehicle that takes us beyond rationality. It's rooted in what the Leshem describes as tzaddik ve'emunascho yichya, or what the Leshem associates with Moshe Rabbeinu, the element of ratzon, which is why Moshe Rabbeinu, the Leshem says, loses his life he enters into that place of Kedusha through the Nashika when? By Shalashudis, by Rava Deravin, at the deepest will of all wills, the desire beyond all desire, which desires that which desire can't even desire. That is what the Leshem is teaching us. And there's a lot more to say, Bezra Hashem, about the Leshem in this Sugya, but suffice it to say that for now, what the Leshem is describing is that hope itself is the vehicle that brings us to that place which we have no access to in our rational thinking minds. Next week, Be'ezer Sashem, we're going to enter into the Sugya of Hope in a student and close chaver of the Leshem, and we're going to talk, Amir Sashem, once again about Rav Kook, Schusa Yogen Aleinu. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page, and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.